Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's the breakfast huddle. Elliot Danker and Bharati Jagdish uh, sitting in for Ryan Huang for the bigger picture. Let's take a look at what markets will be focused on today. And helping us out is Shane Oliver, Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist at AMP Capital. Shane, good morning. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very good, sir. Thanks so much for helping us out with this. Shane, let's start off by talking about Chinese U.S. listed shares. They're seeing quite a bit of a resurgence this week after the Lunar New Year break. What exactly is driving this, first of all? Look, to be honest with you, it's a bit hard to know. And it's also hard to know whether it's going to be sustained. Mm. I mean, it, it has been an area of the market which has struggled for a while. Maybe it got to a point where it was oversold and investors are thinking, well, maybe there'll be opportunities here um, as the number of them shrink over the years ahead so it could be an element of that but it would be hard to regard it as a fundamental shift particularly given the uh, the porter issues facing the Chinese share market mm. uh shane let's talk a little bit about u.s tech shares in particular facebook i mean tech shares did lead uh a bit of a rally this morning on Wall Street. But in your opinion, do you think that where tech shares are concerned, are they are they worth buying on the dips now, considering they've been tumbling? Well, that, that's been an area of debate. I mean, the history of uh, this bull market has been that you're better off to buy on the dips because yeah. the sector then continues on, you know, re- recovers and continues on. I'm, I'm still a little bit concerned that this environment may have changed. The US share market has had a great rally from the lows back in late January and likewise for tech stocks, but they're still up against technical resistance. And the underlying concerns which gave rise to the falls in tech stocks are still in place. We have the likelihood of some more high inflation numbers this week, but whatever it is, the Fed is on track for further interest rate hikes. Bond yields, to me, look like they've still got a bit more upside from here. And the tech sector faces ongoing issues, both in terms of customers. Obviously, Facebook is one on that front. And also the regulatory front, uh, particularly in the US, where there does seem to be a lot of support for more regulation of tech companies. So I suspect, bottom line, I, I would be a bit more cautious here. I think it's uh, way too early to say the tech sector is bottomed. Mm, bottomed. Well, some investors are saying as a short-term investment, they are pretty good at this time. What do you think? Short-term versus long-term? Maybe long-term, they might not be so good? Or do you feel that, in fact, fundamentally, we should see them as long-term investments, since the likelihood of them recovering later on is much more likely than recovering sooner? Well, yeah, I mean, you can argue for many investors, they should see the whole share market space as a long-term investment, um, mm. and that's obviously where the the gains come in terms of compounding of returns over many, many years, and trying to time it is always very hard in the short term. Yes, the tech rally could continue further in the short term. Uh, we have seen some good earnings results coming out from the US, notwithstanding a couple of misses, Facebook being an example of that. Uh, but I, I, I tend to find the short term very hard mm. in, a, in, a, yeah, in an investing sense, trying to say whether the market's bottomed on, therefore whether this, this rally could go on for a little bit longer is, is a bit difficult. It could go on for a little bit longer, but I think that if you take a view that sort of covers the next six months, the pressures are still on the tech sector uh, in terms of bond yields. But 
if people want to take uh, a longer term, much longer term view, then they'll probably do okay uh, if you've got a broad exposure to the tech sector. But by longer term, I mean, say, five to ten years. Uh, one thing investors will be paying attention to are those uh, U.S. Uh, consumer inflation numbers. Consensus forecast is 7.2% where the headline inflation is concerned. That's the hottest in 40 years. Let's talk about if that actually happens. Uh, what kind of impact will it have for markets? Uh, what's your opinion? Well, it, it, I mean, if that is the consensus, and that's what it uh, looks to be, and then there's also a consensus that the core inflation rate, yep. which excludes food and energy, will be 5.9%. Uh, that's up from 5.5%, and the headline number would be up from 7%. So they are very high numbers, but people have been talking about them for a while, so they should be factored in. So I suspect if you get 72 if that flashes up on the screens tonight in the US, investors would say, oh, well, that's what we're expecting anyway. The real risk would come if it's higher than that. The last few months have seen numbers <laughs> come in stronger than expected. Then I think if that were the case, then you'd see more talk about the Fed raising interest rates 50 basis points in March as opposed to 25, and you'd see the 10-year bond yield possibly push beyond the 2% level in the US. It's currently just below that. So, I mean, these things do have funny swings and roundabouts and then there's been a few occasions since May when the bad inflation numbers started coming out where inflation has surprised on the downside for a month or so and then resumed on the upside. In a bigger picture sense, I think we are getting close to the top here uh, in terms of this surge in inflation and we will see some relief as the year proceeds which will enable the Fed to raise rates by four or five times rather than the six or seven or eight that some people are fearing. But, you know, we're still going to have higher inflation, much higher inflation than we had in the pre-pandemic years. Shane, amid U.S.-Iran talks and Ukraine-Russia tensions, I want to get to your outlook on oil prices. What do you see happening in this arena? Uh, unfortunately, it looks to me like there's more upside ahead. The 2013-2014 period saw prices averaging around the $100 level, but it swings aroundabouts there. And, of course, uh, as 2014 wore on, the price plunged. Uh, it looks to me like we're heading back into that 2013 sort of 14 resistance. Mm. Yeah, that'll become resistance now, but it's around $100 a barrel. So it looks to me like we're heading up to that level. The basic problem here is it's been a lack of exploration over many years. The huge surge in production from shale oil in the US, uh, or fracking rather, not yeah. shale oil, but fracking is behind us. And, you know, we've come into a world of geopolitical tensions, as you referred to there, which obviously add to the oil price either directly because of issues around uh, supplies being affected or also in terms of, say, tensions with Ukraine possibly leading to further disruption to gas supply into Europe, which in turn adds to demand for oil. So I I suspect that, unfortunately, the trend is still up uh, for the, the next little while. Yeah, last I checked, uh, Brent crude oil contracts for April delivery trading at about uh, ninety dollars fifty. Uh, just, just a super quick one on this, um, uh, Shane. Uh, veteran strategist saying uh, David Roche saying that oil will certainly hit one hundred and twenty dollars a barrel, and that will alter the global economy if if Russia invades Ukraine. You think that's possible? It's possible. Yep. Uh, I mean, he does, he does say if Russia invades Ukraine, mm. still, um, it hasn't happened yet. Hopefully it won't happen, but uh, that, that is a major risk if that does happen, and particularly if sanctions are imposed and gas supplies are restricted in Europe, then that means more upwards pressure sure. on the oil price, unfortunately. 
so it's yeah. I mean that 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 is still hanging over the market. Hopefully, common sense prevails and uh, Russia does not invade. Considering the various issues we've discussed thus far, Shane, what would your advice be to investors? How should they be positioning themselves at this point? Well, if you're a long-term investor, you're looking to benefit from the long-term capital growth that share markets provide and grow your retirement income, then I think you just sit tight because it's going to be very hard to time all this volatility. If alternatively, you're you're a short-term investor and you like to uh, dabble in markets, now's the time to be a little bit more cautious. I I would probably have a bit of a bias still towards cyclical stocks or or what you call value. I've called value stocks uh, over growth stocks. I think the growth stocks are perhaps most vulnerable here. But it's yeah, it's it's still too early to say that we've seen the bottom. We could still see more volatility, so it's a time to be cautious for short-term investors and perhaps looking for opportunities. You know, when markets come down a lot, like they did into late January, and may still come down a bit more, then that provides opportunities for investors to top up because you can get into shares at much cheaper prices than you could have at the very start of this year. All right. Thanks so much for that. We've been speaking with Shane Oliver, Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist at AMP Capital. Shane, thank you. You take care and stay safe, yeah? You too. All the best for the day ahead. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.